welcome to Comp. It's a day late. I'm, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, had a bunch of concert this weekend. Hello, by the way. I feel like we jumped into things too quickly. How are you? Uh, it's, uh, I went to a concert this weekend in New Jersey. I mean, none of the bands were, uh, anything particular I wanted to see. There was, uh, I mean, Dancing with the Dead. I don't know if you ever heard of them. They're a synthwave band. My friend likes them. We were playing Rocket League, and he's playing the goddamn music. I'm like, it's pretty good. So if you want to come see these guys, sure. And uh, they were op- the, the headlining, there was an opening. The headlining band is this thing called Avatar, which I, I don't know how many of you kids out there were metal fans. I've never been that in the metal. I mean, I don't understand. I get. You know, if you're like, I like the, the music's fine. You know, the fast, your fingers move, and the guitar is it's fine. I don't mind it. But these kids are all very sad a lot of the time. Um, you know, they have depression. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not mad at depression people, you know, people who are sad. But, you know, I just never. It's like at one point, he's because they have a good show, these Avatar guys. They have this face makeup, and the guy's, you know, he's in the drone and the fucking light show, and everyone's just fucking loving it, and they're high-fiving, and this is great, and they're moshing, I guess. I was by the bar. Uh, yeah, nice. Yeah, it was like my, it was like an Alice Cooper knockoff or uh, My Chemical Romance, but harder. You know, cause they're like, you know, they were. I like My Chemical Romance, but you know, they did the whole I'm wearing, you know, a marching band but pretending this is medieval clothing kind of thing. Like they, they're wearing these fucking like these these but these big button things, which I think they think are like you know like military uh things but they really just look like marching band clothing but it works you know everyone's in a uniform and they look good at one point they're going like look how you feeling you sad it's like you know look sometimes life sucks that's why we're here to help you out and like going this whole thing and i get it but like i don't know that's why i never like metal because everyone's just like oh yeah you know we we, we don't fit in we're outsiders and never like why i I don't want to be like I'd I'd always rather just be you know castigated and, and thrown to the to the wolves than to be a part of some you know group of outsiders. Never liked the idea of that. I never liked the idea of like you know finding you know emotional support with a guy who works at a gas station. If you work at a gas station, that's fine. But I mean like, but that's my like relationship to you. You know where the guy who works at my gas station is like you know you know when you go home you're 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 a man. Or a woman, and you and you have children who suckle at your teeth, and you have relationships and people. But like, you're the, you're the guy who pumps my gas. So like, you know, I don't want to tell you about how, you know, sometimes I think about you know, incest too much. I don't know, just watch too much incest porn, and I think it makes me a bad person. You know, I don't want to talk with my gas station guy, or even the guy who's like you know, selling CDs at the gas station. That neither, neither one. Uh. Anyone who hangs out at gas stations. Like, that's not the venue where you should meet people. Uh, it's not like, you know, I don't want to, like, uh, by political conversations to happen at a gas station or 7-Eleven, similar idea. You know, if I see, if you know, I could be friends with anyone at a 7-Eleven, but I don't want to meet you. Excuse me. I don't want to meet you at a 7-Eleven. I don't want that to be... Our nexus, our relationship, and ne- like that seems weird. You should expect more. Like you know, I work in a place where there's like people who wash the dishes, and you know, they're like a janitorial service, I guess. I don't know. And like, 
They're fine. I don't care. I don't talk to like ninety nine point nine percent of the people who work there at all. Let alone like some people get all like, oh, these people are great, salt of the earth. And they're saying they don't even say the salt of the earth. Like I would never complain about anything they do. And I'm not sitting, I'm not complaining like I'm ratting them out or anything. But it's like, but sometimes the guy at the garbage can like just purposely gets in my way. And it's like not purposely, but just kind of like there's no reason for it to be like him to be carrying four trash cans at once and always to be. I, I digress. My point is, I brought it up once because we were talking about like something that was annoying, and like, oh, you can't question that. And it's like you're the class salute, the psychopath, because you're afraid to like, even like bring up the fact that that guy like put a trash can there, kind of passive aggressively. Oh, because they make less money. First of all, you don't even know how much money they make. You probably make shit money. You fucking. What you want to? These people want to be in a position where they can go. Oh, I, I'm, I, I can't. I look down on this. I, I can't fucking, you know. I can't fucking question what they do because I, you know, they make. They probably make very little money. And like you don't even know. They probably doing. I mean, they might make that great. Who knows? The point is though, like, but it's a job. Like yeah, that guy's not like. Uh, I, I assume this might be this guy's second job. Who gives a shit? Like you know, he's doing stuff. He's grinding. I've had shit jobs. It's like. I don't think I'm better than anyone, uh, inherently. I mean, there's plenty of people like me who I think I'm better than, but, you know, not because they fucking work somewhere or they do something. It's just, you know, when you talk to someone, it's just like they start telling you how they fucking don't like bugles or something, and like, well, you're an idiot. You know, like, I've never, I don't, I would never fucking eat a Hot Pocket. It's like, yeah, I know they're not great, but you never eat a Hot Pocket. You're pretending like you're always eating Amy's. What's that vegan brand, Amy's? I only eat Amy's mac and cheese. I only eat Kraft mac and cheese. It's like, I, it's, it's your preference, fine, but like, don't tell me you would never eat. Co- oh, it's disgusting. It causes cancer. Like, don't, what do you even know about cancer? Like, what I'm saying. This is the kind of things where I'm like, I'm better than you. I have to be better than that person who's just like, I only like. I'm not saying if you eat Amy's, but you know the fact you're gonna bring it up to me and be like, oh, I don't fucking you know eat Kraft. I'm like, yeah, I get as a corporation, it's fucking you know you don't want to be eating corporate food all the time, but like. Don't like you never eat it. I had a fucking frozen pizza yesterday. It was fine. I had a piece of pizza from the concert. It was like in some kind of, you know, receptacle they put like the pretzels in or something. It was all right. It was fine. You know, I was out there in, in Sayreville, New Jersey. And they fucking, you know, whatever. It's like, you know, there was nothing around but a VFW hall. I could have tried my luck there. Maybe they had a big hoagie, a big fucking hero, party hero. Best thing ever. Side note, I mean, we, I, they should make a Patreon where all you do is buy. It's like you don't support my art; you just buy me a hoagie. But uh, like, I want, I want a chunk of a party hero. I like the idea of knowing that there's not that there's more. Like I can get more, but that it's. I, again, this might sound socialist. I don't know, but I like the idea of like this is your chunk of the party hero. Like there's a big party hero. This is the idea is it was whimsical to me. Like there's a party hero, and here's a chunk of it. And, like, there's nine feet of this, but here's a, you know, here's three inches or six inches. I guess six inches is a good. They're pretty thick. They're taller, and the, and the bread's really Italian bread. So, you know, it's not like Subway where it's, like, here's your foot, which is really, what, like, 11 inches, they, they say? Um, here's your 11 inches of, like, wet bread. Did I make that up? I think someone else. I don't want to steal someone's line. Wet bread sounds like I'm taking that from someone. But you get, you know. It's a great line, so credit to whoever wrote it. Probably someone famous and rich. I'm just fucking going, oh, I don't want to steal your line. Like, hey, you can use it on your podcast. They probably would say that if they saw it. Like, you, I'm sitting in a closet, you know, surrounded by, like, dirty underwear. And, uh, you know, what else I got here? A couple of 
shoe organizers that we use to organize things. We put our things into shoe organizers, not, not shoes, but other things, you know, socks and underwear. And uh, like that, like Dane Cook, if it was Dane Cook's line, he'd see that and go like, look, I know my brother stole like $100 million from me, but like you're a disgusting animal and you can use that sub line at wet bread. Uh, because I don't, I just want to leave and not talk to you anymore. So I'm not gonna like engage with you and tell you not to say it. Uh, and then he spit on me. And then even though he said he wanted to leave, he would start hitting me with a shoe. And uh, I wouldn't take it, but like, I mean, like, like yeah. Reality is, he might, you know, he's a rich guy. He might be studying, he might study jujitsu or mixed martial arts. Oh, here's a fucking pair of socks. Honestly, I'm not even kidding. I fucking I need to order more socks because, uh, I mean, I don't know where they go. I mean, I had, like, like two full bags of them, and now I have, like, a rotating thing of four pairs. Is this a fucking thing, too? Holy shit. Is Lucy, is Lucy even hoarding socks on me? These, this is three pairs of socks. Wait, four pairs of socks. Am I, this is not a bit. I'm, I just discovered four pairs of socks on top, like, in folded laundry, I don't even, another fucking pair of socks. What's going on? Holy shit. Six, six pairs of socks. Lucy's asleep right now. I'm in the closet. This, why is the podcast not me going through my clothes? Because this is fascinating. I'm in the closet. Just paint a picture again. Lucy's asleep. You know, she's a, she's a, she's a heavy sleeper. So I'll have to yell, you know, yell in her ear to wake her up. You know, once this is done. I've been missing socks for months. I've been like. Wearing them longer than they should because you know I can't do laundry every two days. It's just pain. It's not like it's a pain in the ass to do. And I've been like kind of meaning to order socks, and it's never getting around to it. And I I just found literally on top of this, there's like a pile of folded clothes, six pairs of socks that were buried underneath. This is fucking. I should be shot in the face. This is my podcast. I mean, if you're donating to my Patreon, thank you. Um. Maybe we'll have the pot, the the sock updates on the Patreon only feed that we start, because uh, this is probably not. But this is for to me. This moves me. You, this is called comp, and you're curious about what drives comp. You've heard, you've all heard me talk about the morgue and the jail and the mosquito lab and my you know take on economics. And but you want to know more about what drives a man who does these things and says these things. Like this is it. I get excited about. Finding six pairs of socks. I think anyone would. This is oh shit. This is a different set of socks, but no, seven, seven pairs. This is a big day for me. You know, sock. I mean, I, I think Sinatra. Um, was, I think it was Sinatra. Never wore um, a pair of socks twice. If you ever put on a fresh pair of socks, you remember they're not that expensive. If you if you don't remember the feeling, go buy a new bag of socks because it's not bad. It's like what. 10 bucks, 15 bucks, you get six socks. Well, 12, but six pairs. Put it on. It feels amazing, right? It's soft. It's cushiony. And, like, look, Sinatra made money. I mean, he was married to Marilyn Monroe, or he just he just beat her. I don't know. Uh, he hit her. He was, he, he was with Monroe, right? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. DiMaggio. Was it Frank? Look, I'm sure he, you know, beat her, uh, at the very least. And, uh... Point is, he you had money, and one I'm sure he indulged in a lot of luxuries, but one of them was I'm never gonna wear a pair of socks twice, and I was I get that because I could almost afford that. I mean, the amount you spend on coffee and soda, I could afford that. I, 
you don't have to make that much money to be to be able to afford that. I mean, to be able to say, well, it's not a stupid good move. Yeah, maybe. But you could afford to not wear socks more than once. And that's an interesting thing. Maybe I will do that. Because like that would just give me confidence. Not that I need confidence anymore. I got plenty of confidence. Like, people mistake confidence for like thinking you're going to succeed. About certain, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying in general, certain things. People go like, oh, you know, uh, you should have more confidence. Like, no, I'm just not going to win this triathlon. Like, I'm at the moment, I'm very fat, and I've been for a while. And, you know, I could get in shape again. And I ran five miles a day, you know, at this point. I mean, five, six years ago, who knows? But, you know, I'm not lying about that. But, you know, I have to do the work. People, you know, you'll, you say, that guy's funnier to me. You go, oh, don't say that. Like, why? It's true. It's like you... I don't think I could not get funnier, but like, you know, there's a certain people, maybe it's a lack of inherent confidence, but people tend to like overcompensate, in my opinion, for uh, like any kind of pursuit when you like, I mean, look, don't, don't let it get you down, but I'm a guy, who, I'm a realist. I like knowing, I like logic, I like knowing the fucking thing, uh, whatever the reality is. So it's like, you know, if I, if I need to, if I uh, need to, you know, whatever, lose 100 pounds to do this thing, and it's like, oh, I'm probably going to do that soon. Like, we won't say that. Well, no, because I'm, I have to do the fucking work, but I'm not going to do the work. I know I'm not going to do the work. I don't want it that bad. I'm like, is, is the pe- people, like, think this is whimsy to, to, to these youth. Like, oh, you can do anything you want. I mean, you can, but, like, look at yourself. Do you really think you're going to? At a certain point, you got to know yourself and know your, like, you know, your tendencies. You know, I'm a... I'm a smart guy who procrastinates and is not particularly uh, well organized and I'm messy and I can, you know, curb the messiness, but it's still my inherent go-to. And uh, I like stuffing, you know, fucking salty fast food in my face. It's just some fucking Doritos, some cheese puffs. I love that. So it's like, yeah, you get in shape, but like you, you got to know, like an alcoholic knows they want to drink. They don't fuck around. They're like, yeah, I can't have one drink because I'll fucking start, you know, I'll start pulling my dick out and or whatever. I mean, that's I don't want to stigmatize alcoholics. I mean, they don't all pull it. I mean, I don't mean like in a second, in an aggressive way, pulling their dicks out. But you know, whatever. The point is, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not saying alcoholics are all me too guys. I mean, not all the guy from Brendan Stimpy. If you listen to our love is disgusting this weekend, you'll find out that you know. One of my not personal icons per se, but you know my uh, I loved Red and Snippy growing up, and I learned to respect it even more when I got older. And uh, John Kay was an outspoken uh, I don't know critic of animation. I mean, I didn't read his blog that much, but my, my friends showed me. I'm like, this guy's really cool, and Red and Snippy is great. And uh, you know, and the animation style probably influenced a lot of shit. And I find out, I mean, this happened a while ago. But I, I mean, Lucy's like, I was talking about Red and Snippy. He's like, oh, you know, we got me too. And, He's like fucking, you know, corresponding with teenage girls. And like, not that it matters, but they look even younger than sixteen. <laughs> like, you know, it was no good, no good. Why did I bring it up? I don't know. It was a, it was a slightly depressing. Not in a way of like, you know, look, people, the people who fucking annoy me, the ones who go, you know, this guy was, you know, if you go, oh, this guy was never talented, you know, like. uh like the whole Louis, if he's fucking, oh, he wasn't. The show was never funny. Yeah, fuck you. I mean, th- th- this is a complex, dark, murky world where talented people are shitty, 
and nice people suck at things, and there's other things in between. Sometimes talented people are nice, and you know the opposite. It doesn't matter. That, that's the human condition. That's I, I mean, this is the thing. I, I this, this is what art used to. I don't want to see people expect out of art. They want. I mean, I'm not saying you should expect you know people to solicit sixteen year old girls, but you know. Yeah, just the lack of uh, an appreciation of the murkiness of life. It's like, you know, I don't like, you know, what made the 70s cinema interesting wasn't the anti hero per se, in my opinion. Like, you know, the fact that they studied darker people, it was, you know, studying the, the kind of gray area between everything. And, you know, look, look at Apocalypse Now. If you haven't seen Apocalypse Now, I mean, what are you doing? I mean, you're old enough to listen to this podcast and, you're like, if you listen to this and you haven't watched Apocalypse Now, like stop listening to this, I guess, and go watch Apocalypse Now because like I'm not as good as Apocalypse Now. I mean, that's the other thing. Like, I don't know what podcast you'd have to have where it'd be like, well, this episode's better than Apocalypse Now. This is this is clearly superior to like that film. Insanity. I mean, I guess you can't watch Apocalypse Now while you're driving a forklift or if you're on a forklift. I mean, you know, cool because that's a. Uh, if you're in a potato bread warehouse, I'm with you. I, I, you know, I used to listen to podcasts while I was listening, you know, or street economics or whatever the fuck. Uh, when I was in the potato bread warehouse, so Mazel Tov or whatever. But uh, yeah, the murkiness of a pop, you know, like it's like it's it's not about war is hell or you know this guy's doing bad shit. It's like it, you know, Kurtz is pure evil. No one's denying that. This thing, he's evil. But he's making sense. Like you can make you can you can be correct. You can make sense. I mean, that's the reality. The murkiness of like sometimes the correct thing is the evil thing, but not correct in the sense that you should do it. But like the like there's a there's, there's a there's a weird ambiguity in between. Sometimes like there's a thing of knowing you don't do the thing. I, I'm not gonna try to condense it. The point is the, the the thought, the question. I mean, you look at you know Full Metal Jacket. It's like, you know, it's an anti-war film. Like Kubrick, so my friend was saying you know, over the weekend, we were talking about it. Yeah, Kubrick says in an interview or something, he didn't want to make an anti-war film. He just wanted to make a fucking, you know, a real war film about war. Like, yeah, it's clearly a fucking, you know, it's just playing of critical. I mean, the guy's not an idiot. The guy's smarter than you, Kubrick. He fucking knows, you know, he fucking saw what's really going on. And uh, it's dark. He gets the, the horror of war. But, like, the point is, like, you don't need to beat people over the head with it, nor, nor should you. It's like, you don't, you shouldn't, it's not desirable for that. You don't fucking want that. Like, and the people who would go, well, is he taking a stand? Then you just should, like, I don't know what you think the role of an artist in society is. Or for, for that matter, a philosopher, even. Like, these are the great questions that don't have answers. Like, there might be some answers sometimes, like morality. I'm not saying, like, it's all subjective. I'm saying the point is that these are ambiguities. They're tendencies. They're like, you know, do you, the, the whole idea of, you know, do you do, you do this for the greater good? And, and like, you know, is this evil even though it saves more people? It's like, these are the things that you grapple with. There is never going to be a, a con like, even, even though there might be a concrete answer in one situation, you don't have it for the other. I'm not talking about moral, moral relativism. I'm talking about the fact that, like, these are fucking things you grapple like the understanding the parameters of thought and the parameters of morality and like you know the the unintended consequences of morality if you were just you know if you were just gonna sit there and go like you know moral absolutism or whatever well no this is definitely evil sure but what's that telling you what's that inform like how is that enriching your perspective at all it's not you fucking you know you need to understand 
the some the, 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 the potential price of benevolence. You know, you show mercy and that guy ends up killing your kid. You know, uh, does it mean you never show mercy? No, but you understand, you know, you grapple with all the different, you know, permutations of fucking possibilities that happen when you take certain courses of action. Like, these are the kind of things that, you know, these are the, if, like, if there's any practical gain from philosophy and, and thought, like, yeah, these are the things. Like, you know, understanding perspective. And, like, you don't, you don't need some guy who fucking went to NYU to teach you about, you know, the moral, you know, virtue of fucking, you know, using swift action in a, in a, in a combat situation to, sh- you know, oh, yeah, we, we napalmed them, but we saved more lives in the end. But uh, I feel justified because there's, you know, Chauncey over here who went to fucking Tisch School of the Arts made this fucking short film that really made me feel good about myself. Like, no, like, no, no one needs that. And you don't need art to just be there as a... Like, Explore all the nuance and like and and, and, and just kind of show and, and delve. You don't fucking need. It's not even a matter of being spoon fed. People think oh, I don't want to be spoon fed, and it's almost like the connotation is like I I I know all this shit. I don't need to be told. You should never be told. Like it's, it makes it bad art. You know, it's not because not because uh you know if people don't get it, let them not get it. And the thing you know why is. Not everything's there for the first viewing. I mean, yeah, if you're making fucking Transformers the last night, sure, you know, give me a fucking spoon because uh, I'm not gonna like watch it again or even the first time. Because I mean, I watched one. I watched the first one years ago. It was cute enough. It was fine. I'm like, ah, I ain't seen the theater. I was like, yeah, this is fine. And then I watched another one year, a few years later, and it was just. Uh, I mean, someone else described it as like putting. Oh, I think it was the Red Letter Media guys. Or it was like putting, no, it was the guy from Screen. It doesn't matter, but it doesn't matter. I guess I'm I'm, I'm I'm attributing now, so it does matter. I think it was the guy from Screen Rant, perhaps uh, the, the Ryan George guy. But point is, putting like you know a bunch of computer circuits into a fucking blender or something. It looks like trash. It's terrible filmmaking. Why am I talking about Transformers? If you're making that, yeah, you know. Show, tell, tell me what you're doing because I don't know what the fuck you guys are doing in that movie. You're fucking sitting there and you, you got robots and they're, and they're from the future or the past and there's fucking dinosaurs now when you watch the trailers and they're fucking just shoving circuit boards up their ass and they're sucking their own fucking robot dicks and they're like, how do you even, you, how do you even get there? Like, if you could fucking transform a 90 degree angle, I would just suck my own fucking robot dick. But, you know, I don't know like what, what's driving them. I mean, I'm not one of these guys who thinks you only get driven, like, uh, you know, sex is the reason men do anything. No, but, like, you know, if you don't have a dick and you're a robot, like, what is, like, the, I'm not saying there isn't one. I'm just asking, like, it's not, because it's not, like, are you an artist? Because these, these robots aren't doing art. They're not doing, they're not fulfilled. Like, they're just kind of existing and trying to get this device so they can do what? I don't know. Live in their homeland, but you're robots. Like, I don't know. Maybe they can. Why is, is there one that like blends? They should make a blender. He just gives people margaritas and gets them to like him that way. He just goes to a bar and just goes, here's a drink. But I mean, you know, if if there were sentient robots and one was a blender, Transformer style, and you were a woman at a bar, I don't know if I would recommend taking a drink from them because they may not have dicks, but he's trying to get something from you. And, uh,. You know, it comes from inside him, and you shouldn't you shouldn't drink from inside you know the things that are inside people until you know 
you definitely want to, you know, one of the every equivalent is of fucking a robot. Um, I'm not, you know, if you want to get intimate and you and swap fluids, then yeah, drink his margarita. But I think it's kind of presumptuous for a robot to like, you know, be a blender, make your margarita that's inside him, and you and you, and you drink it. I kind of feels like you know, it almost feels like uh, one of those bukkake videos. Where someone's like putting the they're putting the cum in the champagne glass and she's drinking the shit. I never got that. I mean, a gangbang can be you know nice to watch um, in the sense of like she's getting dicks on all sides and she's liking it. Yeah, you, know, you know she's like, oh yeah, this is great and like I'm tugging these dicks and this dicks in my ass and I'm just sucking dick. She's like, ah, she's getting it. she's like she's just full of dick and she's probably comfortable. It's warm, but. uh and then the, the whole Bukaki thing, you know, okay. Like, you know, a lot of people coming on her. Like, it, it depends on how they do it. A lot of times it's not great. But then the whole drinking, that's why I, I can't even, I, I've never seen a, a drinking of cum video that I liked. And I'm sure you've always, porn's always a thing where you find the exception. Where you find that one, you know, video of whatever particular porn star and the way she looks at the camera while she's slurping up this cum out of a glass. And like, this is fantastic. And then you start chasing that high and, you know, it can be dangerous. I'm just saying. Just, but in general, I don't like bukkake champagne glass drinking videos. And uh, I feel like there's something similar to that with the Transformer who is a blender and he makes margaritas. And this is, Again, this is not something that was in the movie. This is just, I'm just saying, if, if that was the case. Um, what were we talking about? I, I mean, I was... At a, Oh, art. Yeah, I mean, so don't spoon fed me this shit. Um, I don't need to hear about. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm sure what why this got prompted, but make better shit. You know, make more ambiguous. Shit. I mean, like the Game of Thrones. Um, I guess spoiler alert. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'll try not to spoil the big shit, but you know, if you didn't watch it yet, maybe wait. Before you like keep listening, I guess. Uh, look, if you if you haven't seen this, I, I feel weird saying spoiler alert because this show it's 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 been spoiled, and it's no big spoil to tell you it's spoiled. Like if you haven't watched in season four, good stop. I'm not like I'm not a completionist. I'm also not someone who necessarily abandons the show right away. You know, Dexter was a. Uh, I'm not like proud that I watched Dexter when it was when it came out, but it was at least somewhat interesting. Um, I, I always thought the side characters were very corny and terrible, and sh- and Showtime is very schlocky in general, uh, and you know especially with that show. Um, the, the first season being kind of interesting with the with the brother, and the second season with the Dogs. I think it was Dogs his name, the cop who's tracking them. The guy is pretty decent, but you know it wasn't the most whatever. You know, but then season three got pretty dumb, but Jimmy Smith was an interesting character. Like, very, and, and it's like, ah, he kept watching it. And then same thing with John Lithgow in season four. And it, look, it was always a, not a good show, but whatever. It te- like, uh, Sons of Anarchy is the thing, where it's like, show wasn't great. It was alright. It got good in season two, I feel like. And season three was really good. Uh, in a way, of like it harkens back to The Shield, but didn't have the integrity of The Shield, of course, and I mean, Kurt Seller, you know, wrote for The Shield, and he started that show. And then season four, it just, I mean, like, it wasn't realistic when they shot, when they did shit in season three in Ireland, and then they came back and killed, you know, I don't want to spoil it, I guess, but season four, they come out and, like, fucking, uh, what's his name, Danny Trejo is like, yo, I'm in the CIA, Holmes. 
I don't know if he actually said that, but it's like he has this like he has this Danny Trejo accident accent, and he's just fucking like, oh, we're in the CIA, we're running guns, and it's just like, it's just wrong. I mean, I can't put my finger on why, but it's just like, I could. I'm saying it's just since America really should have been, and I think ever since then. I had no problem abandoning a show. I mean, I'm not like you know afraid to stop. Like, I'm not a completionist. I don't need to keep watching. Uh, I mean, The West Wing got terrible uh, after Aaron Sorkin left. Understandably, I mean, he's a great writer, and even if he got someone good, they're not Aaron Sorkin. He's got a very particular cadence and style, and you know, it's it's not everyone's thing. Uh, but regardless, even if it's, if it's your thing, it's not your thing. It's not the same thing if you get someone else. Um, and you were thinking, like, oh, maybe they'll account for that, and it'll be... And, like, the West Wing, the fall-off couldn't be harder. Like, it was just objectively terrible for at least a season. And it never it was never as good. It never got the same. It got better. Uh, again, they brought Jimmy Smith in. Jimmy Smith is... A, I never even watched NYPD Blue. I was never a Jimmy Smith's loyalist. I mean, I was never... I wasn't a huge fan of Jimmy Smith's in the uh, prequel Star Wars trilogy where he played Leia's dad. You know, so I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not, like, beholden to Jimmy Smith. But I always, I find him very compelling in a lot of different situations. I like Jimmy Smith. I'm not going to lie about it. Uh, he's also in uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I think. He's like, uh, whose dad is he? Is he fucking Amy's dad? Or, I don't know. I feel like he's in that show. Uh, yeah, he's Amy's dad, I think. Anyway. I mean, if you don't watch, that's a pretty funny show. You should, that, that's something that's something that's out there that you can enjoy. That you know, hey, and they brought it back on NBC, and like I've only seen the first few episodes. I haven't watched in a couple months or two, but like, yeah, it's still good. It's still good. It's still good. It's like no one if 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 they if they ran out of steam, I feel like they'd stop. They didn't. It's fine, and that's my point. There's stuff out there. Go watch that. If you want to stop, because this show is, if you can, if it can be spoiled for you, can you spoil something that's terrible? I guess you can. I guess people want to find out for themselves. That's that's admirable because you know you shouldn't take anyone's word for anything. But uh, this show's you know, that's not that's not enough of a spoiler alert. And fuck you, um, you know, go and subscribe because I, I that was like a ten minute spoiler alert. You know, in true comp style, I'm a rambling fat idiot. Can't just get to the point. It's just like, well, let me do a diet. I mean, I guess that's why people enjoy it, though. That's what people like, you know? Um, so I guess that's why you're here. That's why am I being so self-effacing? I should probably... I mean, I like therapy. I don't think I need it, per se. Everyone everyone needs it, I guess. I don't know if I particularly need it. I'd, I'd like to go. Again, again, why am I saying this? Um, but, you know, that's apropos, I guess. Because I could use a... This is my therapy. This is my therapy. This is the moral tr- trouble, I guess. What's my point? Game of Thrones. Uh, it's over now. Uh, I watched the finale yesterday. And uh, I don't know what to tell you. Um, it went off the rails with the whole... I mean, look. I don't understand people... All right. Let's just let's just get the timeline. I love this show from when I watched it the first time. Like the, I watched it the summer after it aired originally, like the first season, which was like 2011 or 2010. Probably 2010. I was uh, working at the morgue at the time. It was my, I remember because I remember it was my first vacation from the morgue. I had scheduled to go upstate with my friend, and that fell through. So I was just like, a, uh, so if, I, if I was a different person, I might call it a staycation. But I don't say that. But, you know, you get the idea. And I don't know why I'm not secure enough in whatever 
pathos I have. I'm I'm actually describing it like oh, I want to say staycation, so I'm saying the word. I know it's there, and I'm no, I think I'm right. I think that sometimes you know I don't like these made up terms, these conjunction terms. Yeah, I, no, I'm I'm sticking to my guns here. I'm not going to say it in the first person. So, but it was a staycation anyway. Yeah, regardless, and um, yeah, I loved it. It was a great show. Some people argue in hindsight, well, you know, they, they adapted the books. The books were better. Like, again, yeah, well, look, the books are the cornerstone of why it's good. I went, I, mean, I read the first book recently. It's great, but you know, uh, a there's plenty of great books that haven't been adapted well. So, an, an adaptation of a, a book that's done well is a, still a, a feat, not equal to that, but you know, it's, it's, it's impressive and it's something to be, you know, it's a it's a show of a good filmmaker that you can do that. Um, to do so in a way that's you know pretty faithful, especially in this case where it's pretty faithful, but you know gets the tone. Because a lot of times, like The Shining, isn't one of the most brilliant films ever made. I don't know if it's a good adaptation. Um, well, maybe like well, no, it's a great adaptation, but it, is it faithful to the book? And like you could argue, I don't know. I haven't really read the full book. Some people say it is, some people say it isn't. I mean, the tr- the thing is, when you get the faithful, you know, Stephen King loves to get his, you know. When he gets his way, uh, and he produces, uh, or they do it in the way he would want, the Shining miniseries, everyone's, I mean, I didn't watch it, everyone said it was terrible. Um, if you're a book purist, maybe you didn't think that. But the reality is, it was an impressive, what they did with that show was impressive. One of my favorite scenes is, you know, when they first see, when you first meet Tywin Lannister, and he's cutting that deer, he's talking to Jamie and calling him an idiot, and uh, you know, just talking about the nature of family and sacrifice, and like it was a great Charles Dance is an amazing actor. Uh, really, just just the, the, the I don't even know if it's like if, it, if it's a feat of acting more than just like his frequencies. Really, I, it resonates with me, and I think he's a great actor too, of course. But like, but the extra oomph, I think, it's just I don't know. I ma- I find his character magnetic. I always love Tywin. Um. It's a certain way he cut through the bullshit, and he's an evil guy. I mean, like, you know, the, the brilliant thing was about, even though I loved the scenes with Ty- Tywin Lannister, you know, the uh, when they finally, when he finally met his demise, uh, I was actually, it was surprising, and I was like, I wasn't happy per se, I wasn't mad, it was kind of like, oh, shit, like, you know, because they built it up in a way, this is, a again, a brilliant show, which, you know, knew how to handle nuance and, and and fucking characters in a way where it's like, yeah, this guy's incredibly compelling, and you like it when he's giving shit to Joffrey. Uh, but yeah, when like when you know when someone gives him his comeuppance, you know, you don't feel cheated either. Um, even though he's one of my favorite characters, that that was the way that that was the magic of a show like that. I mean, well, one of the magic. I mean, some people might argue, you know, the deconstructionist nature of it. The way I mean, it got a little, maybe a little heavy-handed sometimes, but just the way you know. Not it would not that's just have subverting expectations. Just the idea that like no one's guided by like these archetypes of like I'm a knight, I'm this. I mean, it would be childish to think that. And not just subverting that. Like people could go, Oh, subverted the fairy tale. But there've been other darker fantasy things. But subverting like the role of power and the role of uh you know, what these guys would even be about and why you know, the fact that you know they the fact that they wouldn't even be dishonorable to fight in a dirtier way a lot of times. Like, that's the thing. It's like, you can go like, oh, knights are actually not all great. Sure, but like, it's also kind of dumb if you're just being some chivalrous knight. 
you know, to act like that in a world of chaos, like, you know, it'd be stupid. So it's like, there's a difference between, you know, just subverting uh, expectations, if you will, or there's also a difference between, um, you know, showing the darker side and actually deconstructing, you know, a civilization or, or, or an archetype of a civilization or a st- writing style. You know, you can go, oh, yeah, knights wouldn't all be great. But that's not the point. The point is, you know, how would they be? And what, you know, and like, because it's not like everyone in you know, all these knights are just complete pieces of shit. I mean, a lot of them are, are you know, look, the, the powerful people are, especially from the perspective of, you know, someone who's like not in power uh, and poor. It's terrible because, you know, look at the guy who lives in, like, you know, Long Island and one of the richer neighborhoods in Long Island. Uh, I'm not talking about the Hamptons, but, you know, like a nicer area that, you know, um, and you go, he's like, oh, he's a dentist and he fucking makes, you know, 300K a year. He's a good dentist. There's a good dentist. They make that much money or more, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, he drives a fucking, uh, what's he drive? He drives a Porsche, like a Porsche. He has a 911. I mean, uh, he, is it can you afford a 911? Yeah, of course you could. You know, you fucking, you can afford a 911, right? Uh, he's got a 911, and he's driving uh, around. He's got his fucking, you know, he's got maybe a Rolex. He's making 300K a year. I'm saying, he could be a decent guy is my point. But, like, you know, you, 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 you have his, you're probably, you know, aggressive in certain situations. And you're fucking... Not the most... Look, you could be generous, but you're not going to tend to be the most generous guy. Maybe a dentist wasn't the greatest example. Uh, maybe just, let's just say, a finance guy. Not all evil, but, you know, you, you drive being aggressive. You drive being a, a, a shark. So, you know, the kind of people who tend to excel in those situations and rise to those ranks, yeah, they're not going to be like those, the gentle fucking, you know, petting your rabbit and shit. Uh... So, you know, look, that's the point, point, the nuance. And, like, it got that. It wasn't, it's not all, I don't know. But I've loved the show since, you know, the get-go. Um, the peak for me was season four. Um, five was fine. I mean, like, it, it, the magic ended. Nothing matters. I wouldn't say the magic ended. But, like, it was the peak, for sure, in hindsight. Five was fine. Six was uh, good, especially the end of six was great. Um You know, seven, I wasn't one of these people shitting on it. I mean, I get why you would. Like the fast travel and the fucking um, just the things being a little amped up and like you know a little simplistic. Sure, I get it wasn't Game of Thrones, but it wasn't bad enough that it broke it for me. It was like, look, they're running out of steam. They're not gonna do four more seasons, even if they should. And like, I can accept this. It's still entertaining. I feel like in season seven, the the scene where. uh, Dothraki and Daenerys like you know, attack Jamie and the whole Lannister army. I liked it. I mean, you might. I don't. I don't know if people disliked that. I mean, if that was one of the things that people were critiquing. But I thought, like, look, you, you have all this build up. I mean, you saw some dragon shit over the years, but like, you finally saw what you know the Dothraki and some dragons could do on the open field of battle. I was like, oh, this is fucking. And it was. It was look, it was, a, it was a, at least composed well as a battle scene. I don't know if the tactics were good, but it was composed well and. Yeah, I mean, look, maybe the fucking part with Jamie's trying, trying to get the stupid, you know, harpoon at the end, and, like, fucking Bron knocks him off. For sure, that was, you know, a little dumb, but overall, like, you know, I mean, because that's the thing. If, you, if you, you can't just say, well, it got bad after five, or got bad after six, or seven, like, seven was bad. And if you do that, 
and not that it matters, I guess. We're not, you know, told, we're not fucking accountants for HBO, but like you, you really are short selling how bad the show got if you don't acknowledge how like it went from like, oh, this might some of the elements of this might be a little like you know silly or like you know, these guys are traveling too quickly to like just incompetently written. Um, and you're really, honestly, more, I don't know if they're winning me over or if I was just wrong, but these, these Star Wars kids, these fucking guys who didn't like The Last Jedi, they, they seem to be, you know, I, I agree with them more and more as it goes along. Um, I still stick to, like, why are you watching Star Wars? It's over. Star Wars has been over. This was at least um, the end of a series. But... I think I mentioned that last week. I don't know. I, don't, I hope I'm not repeating myself with this. But the point is, um, I don't know. The whole point of what was the whole point of Bran? That he's he, he he's the guy now. He's the fucking. What is like? Why why is Bran back there? I look. <sighs> the thing of Daenerys, it's like they act like she, like they laid the seeds for something. You could have done this, I guess. The the whole point of her character was to assert not the fact that she won. Like the breaking the wheel thing was something she said in season five. Uh remember it was in the trailer they had the David Bowie cover. Uh was it Bowie cover? It was a slowed down version of David Bowie's heroes. And they had a great I mean like season four was the best season. Season five had the best trailer. It was a really great trailer. Um somewhat disappointing, but not like a terrible season. But they, they, she's like, I don't want to uh, stop the wheel, I want to break the wheel. And they keep bringing that up. That's something she said in season five. But before that, she was like, I mean, there was those scenes in season two when, uh, I think it was season two, when, yeah, when when she first got the Unsullied, and then, like, they're telling her, like, oh, like, don't sell this dragon. And it's like, you know, this and that. And, like, because she's going to trade her dragon for the Unsullied, like, one dragon for all the Unsullied. And then, like, once she got the whip, whatever they call it, the little scepter. She's like a Drakars and burns everyone. And the point was like, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm playing a different game. I'm fucking, I'm operating multiple levels. There's levels of this shit, you know. And she's fucking. She wasn't, you know, like the. the my, what I'm establishing there is that you have Jorah, and you have, I, I believe, at that point, she had um, what's his name? Barristan Selmy, the badass Barrett, Barristan the Bold, the fucking most underutilized guy in the show. I mean, he's old at that point, but you know, he, this guy was a killer, a fucking. Brutal killer, and uh, they fucking you know they they killed him off. That's one of the things they they killed him. He's alive in the books apparently. They fucking killed him off. I don't know why, but uh, but he was telling her, "Don't fucking use all these dragons, Daenerys. You gotta stop." Just his advisors telling him to do this shit. And what does she do? She fucking gets both. She gets the fucking keeps the dragon, and she gets, and she kills the slavers. And she's like, "I'm doing this shit my way." And that was always her mo for the most part. I mean, I guess, is that why some people call her Mary Sue? I mean, you know, I guess, look, at the end of the day, if you're going to talk about what, why did this person become great? I mean, very few things really establish, really establish why someone's character is is is, is virtuous or smart. You know, you establish that they are and they have a good, you know, they, they, they you know, some great fiction does maybe establish that, but, you know, like, wh- look at The Wire. Why is McNulty such a good detective? I mean, I don't think it's ever really established. Is McNulty and Mary Sue? No, because he has faults, and so is there's Targaryen. So, you know, relax. Um, point is, you establish that she, you know, looks 
through the problem into maybe, you know, maybe we got some fucking third option here where I fucking win both things. And uh, yeah, she's a little brutal, but she's always brutal. And then, and then try to bring something to show as if that was like, you know, is that that was a way of you know disregarding logic. We were like, oh, well, you know, we cl- clapped when she killed the slavers because they were evil men. It's like, yes, yes, we did. Like, we clapped when the, uh, it was Tyrion saying this shit. We clapped when she uh, crucified those masters who crucified children. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, maybe you could argue against capital punishment, but, like, there ain't no, I mean, or the morality of doing that. But, like, let's not pretend, like, it wasn't justice, uh, or at least on a Hammurabi's code kind of way. Uh, or is any comparison to that? Like, I mean, they said thousands of people, but she must have killed like I mean, if there's a million people in that city and the devastation to that city that she did, she must have killed like you know half a million people, a quarter million people, at least a hundred thousand. And if so, if you killed a hundred thousand, you don't say thousands. If you killed ten thousand, ten thousand people, I'm not sure if you say thousands. Maybe ten, sure. If you killed twenty thousand people, I don't think you say thousands of people. I think, you know, somewhere between 10 and 20, you start saying tens of thousands, I guess. I guess when it gets to 20, you can say tens. If it's 15, you can't say tens. There's only one ten. But you get the point. She killed a shitload more people than they make it seem, in my opinion, based on what I'm seeing. And it's like, you know, and they're comparing it to, like, crucifying some guys who crucified children just to make a point to her, like, on the way, like, those road markers. It's doesn't even get its own like it, it, it's written it feels like it's written by people who like skim through the show like uh let alone people who like are experts in the lore of it and like you know because it's fantasy you don't get into the trap of thinking like oh i'm worried about the fucking new one no i'm saying whatever show it is if you wrote for the americans if you wrote for uh anything good um you'd want to be steeped in its lore in its fucking backstory so you could pay off things and establish things. I mean, the true masters uh, of this kind of shit uh, establish things early on that pay off later. Um, you can watch a show like in season one. You go, oh shit! Like that's why that was happening, and like, and it works on multiple levels. And it doesn't always have to work like that, you know, that way. But that's the peak level shit. Sometimes it's like, oh, it's amazing. Uh, at the very least, though, you want a character to be consistent. Uh, if we if you need me to explain that to you, then you're a moron. Um, if you don't get why you want a character to be consistent, it doesn't mean consistent all the time. Like you, you can change a character, and the character can act uh, contrary to their nature. Sure, but like, there's a real like. I mean, you know, these school shooter guy. Like people didn't think they're going to shoot schools, but like yeah, this guy's kind of weird. Also, and like you know. Maybe, you know, you guys fed up. I mean, that's the thing. Do people do random stuff? Sometimes. But not usually big random stuff. Like, when you look at the guys, who, like, you know, Oswald. Oh, like, he's connected to the Soviets and this and that. Like, it's never, any, if that was even what happened. My point is, like, these guys usually aren't just random. I mean, and if you believe Hinkley, the whole Hinkley did it for Jodie Foster thing, uh, I don't know what to tell you. Because it's like, you know, those, those situations. Well, but Hinkley, he's wanted to impress Jodie Foster. Sure, and his parents were supposed to have dinner with Neil Bush that night, so that means nothing. Like, I don't know what, again, that, we don't talk about conspiracies that much in this show, but if you've been with me for a while, you get what I'm talking about. It's like, you, you know, this fucking, uh, I don't know what it means, Neil, the whole Neil Bush thing, but like, it means there, something's there, and let's not pretend it's not something there, is my point. Something more is there.
So uh, it's a badly written show. Um, terrible. I mean, I don't get the whole. Uh, the thing was there. It's like she would never. I'm not saying she never would have done that. I'm not saying. Look, the obvious thing is that you build it up overseas, and people are saying that. But you also give that. It's short drift to like what that. Look, if the idea is that the virtuous people or the people who you think are virtuous and like you know, but were conquerors. Are um are prone to do this. Uh, it's not even that you didn't build it up and didn't earn it. Like it's the fact that like that could be an interesting subject of like how a guy like Alexander the Great, for instance, who I'm sure someone like Daenerys is you know at least partly based on if not if not him and other people like him, but you know there's Alexander, there's Julius Caesar was a great conqueror. I mean I think Al- you know, well uh what's his name Augustus Caesar was a better conqueror. Julius Caesar killed a million Gauls, but I think Augustus might have conquered more shit, but you get the point. Genghis Khan, again, brutal guy. Um, you know, Alexander might be the best example of a guy who thought he was Muhammad. I don't know. Thought they were improving shit. You know, Danny might, Danny Targaryen might not be the, I can't remember a time where this, a leader was that, uh, thought they were being that virtuous. Um, I guess they always, who knows if they always do or not, but objectively watch it. You know, if, if there is an objective window of these people through a TV show, regardless of the historical precedence, you know, she had, uh, her reasoning was, uh, based on the more grounded more more morality and fucking compassion and, uh, sure ego too, but that was always part of it. You know, the ego was always a part of it and. The superior, uh, not breeding, uh, that's what they would say, but the superior, you know, s- s- uh, station in life. You know, she might have been in exile, but, you know, she's still a rich girl. Look, her fucking, she might have been living in different houses and fucking, you know, running from Robert Baratheon's assassins, but she's still living better than some fucking peasant chick in Plea Bottom. You know, well, let's not kid ourselves. She's a, she lived a charmed life, a charmed fucking life. She acts like a, you know, these people, the rich. That's the thing. The rich will always deserve it when they get it. Because I mean, what I'm talking about is getting put against the wall. You know, because they really just don't seem to like. If there was even appreciation for like, yeah, look, if they even, like, yeah, they, it's when they complain. They go, I, I'm, I didn't have that easy. I fucking had to run from theoretical assassins and live in different rich people's houses. And it's like, oh, that sounds terrible. Like I mean, these people getting raped and killed in the streets or eating shit. They're eating brown dirt mixed with water. What they call it? Bits of brown. This food they eat. And, you know, when flea bottom in these fucking slums. She didn't grow up that hard. But, you know, so there was always, like, that was always part of the show. You know, the idea that, like, you know, it was just duality, not duality, but just nuance going on. Uh, but it's not that you didn't earn it. It's the fact that, like, that would have been a more an interesting take. I mean, probably more interesting than what you did with her for the past few seasons. Because, I mean, once you took Marine or whatever, uh, it got kind of boring anyway. Not, not boring. Yeah. Nothing really changed that much. Even when she got the Dothraki, it was kind of like, oh, she burned herself. She got in a fire again, and this happened. And All right. I mean... It was like kind of thing. Like, like it was, it was a thing that you accepted because you know, uh, oh, now we're gonna go to Westeros. Cool, but like it, w- it was kind of. I mean, it was a cool visual moment when she came out of that fucking fire pit, and I'm not, you know, it was just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like it's, it seemed, it seemed like a whole thing that was contrived more than the show would do up to that point. Whatever. Um, so you could have explored more of the not not again not to earn it. People act like you gotta earn it, but like the. 
what are you earning? You're, the pay, it's, the payoff is, ver- is rarely that great. Uh, the point is more the journey and the, and, and, and the, and the studying of, the, of his character. Watching a really interesting and nuanced character is the reward in itself. Uh, watching Tyrion in season one and two, and three even, or four. I mean, oh, yeah, the original Tyrion, that's the, the idiot Tyrion that you know we have now. Or did have uh, it's over now, but you know, was it was was a pleasure because he was a, he was a complicated guy. He was a selfish guy, but also you know he was better than his family, but his family was shit. Uh, you know, and like there's a lot of levels going on. He's smart, but he's also you know kind of uh, he's a uh, risky with the prostitute. Yeah, whatever. Point is, watching a guy like Braun, who's like you know not the worst guy, but he's a moral. Uh, you know, and, and morally ambiguous, but you know he knows how to win a fight. But you know, in a in a sleazier way. But you know, but it's also like, but that's that moment when he's like, when he gets rid of John Slint, Tyrion, and he goes to Bronn, you know, because he makes Bronn such a guard guy. Like, if I if I ordered you to, Slint was like, oh, I was ordered to do it, killing the babies, you know, the ba- Robert's bastards or whatever. Like back in like season one, or beginning of season two, and. uh when like when he goes to Braun, he goes, you know, if I ordered you to kill babies, would you do it? You know, would you do it un- un- unquestionably? He's like, unquestionably, no. I ask how much. Like that's great because you still like the character and the fact that you can have a character you like who's still saying, yeah, pay me the money, I'll kill some babies. Like that's like you want that. That's 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 the point. Like and, and then sometimes I I feel like I've landed onto a point here in a roundabout way, which is you know the nature of how this show works, I guess. But like. If I have to anything to add to this whole, because you know, if you're interested in Game of Thrones, there's millions of videos now, and you know, you can spend all day at work watching this shit. But if I have anything to add to the great debate about, or just uh, eulogy about this show, it's the point of this distinction that you know, it's not so much that you needed to earn these turns; it's that, like, you know. The studying and like having the nuance of a character on display is the point. Is the having a character that is grounded in reality and then acts, you know, based on again, this drama. Look, you're not watching a documentary, documentaries don't do this, so like it's not about 100% realism. You want, you want the idea that is it realistic based on the uh. What's the, the instigating factors that you've established? So, like, you know, hey, this she wants to do this, but you know, let's just let's just say everyone's a grand thing. Like, like with the whole burning down of King's Landing, it's like, you know, would you have uh, this would have been better if she'd if like you know Cersei had not surrendered and she'd done some stuff that kind of forced her hand. So the only way she could beat her was to burn down the Red Keep. Of course, that would have been a better better move uh, if that was you know. Sure, I'm not arguing that. That's the point. It's like. You have his character. Uh, she has a certain moral standing, and people are saying to you, "Like, look, I can buy that. You know, this character would go darker than I would. You know, than we all would have agreed." Look, people. These people aren't children. Go. I like her. You made her bad. They're saying it's like it's about you know not pushing it uh, for no reason. Uh, people don't. You know, it's just it's. It's really it's, it can't be overstated how clumsily and shittily this show is written. Uh, it's done in a way where it's almost like hypernormalization, where it's like "fuck you, this is the new reality." These people are just like same when you watch certain comedy things. Like 
this guy's on TV and he's got and he's incoherent. Look at his Twitter and it makes no sense. He got a billion followers. And it's like, no, this is the new reality. Like this is done like just like with Russia. Uh if you haven't seen hypernormalization, it's an Adam Curtis doc. Uh go watch it on YouTube. I don't endorse it. Like his docs are always very, very interesting and and, and fun to watch. Um I feel like he, maybe he sometimes gets shoehorns a little bit, but you know, but in the it's you watch him as kind of like, you know, tone poems. If if you were George Lucas, he'd say something stupid like that. You know, they kinda you get a vibe off of him and, and a certain level of perspective. But yeah, but the, in hypernormalization he talks about uh at one point how it was basically about how in like the, the name comes from in Russia, uh in like the Soviet Union in the seventies, how at that point it all broken down and no one thought like we're they were doing some kind of Lenin Marxist shit here. Um but the government was basically kinda still going through certain motions and people were accepting that and it was like they were and they they you they think that thing when you know what you're watching on the news is bullshit, but you kind of have no choice but to kinda of go along with it and accept it and you have this kind of dual uh, awareness in your whole life is like you know it's kind of accepting of things you know would be untrue, which I guess is the foundation of 1984 and the whole like two plus two equals five kind of thing. Um, you know, force the people to accept that two plus two equals five just because we get convince them of that, and then you got it, you broke them. Uh, and that's you know, and because Russia would basically what they also established in, in modern day Russia that I think I've talked about this before, but like. They basically would fund opposition parties, and that's look, that's duplicitous. And you could see an intelligence service doing that, and agent provocateurs. What's interesting is that the move they did was to like tell the people this is what we're doing. So the whole point is to go, hey, you don't know what the fuck we're doing. That's what we're doing. What we're doing is you don't know what the fuck is real, and that's the point. So that's what the point of this is. The point of this season and there's a lot of art now it's just to be like hey you don't know what's going on uh just basically you know bend over cuck that's what i'm telling you and again i'm using cuck in the literal term not in the you know me i'm not some fucking guy are these cucks still even a word that they use i could break down game of thrones more but i feel like we're getting to the end of the show maybe i'll do a bonus episode i mean i feel like that's the contribution I mean, all the other stuff i feel about it, i feel like i've been said but that's my contribution is that, you know, it's even if you had earned it, it's wanting to see that develop is the interesting thing. It's not about you have to some people act like you you like you you built this up to pay it off. And like and like, you know, would you go back and watch the first like, you know, bunch of seasons again because it was ruined now because, you know, it was, it was all leading to this. I never felt like it was le- there was always something it was leading to. Sure. But it was a pleasure to watch in and of itself. And I feel like that's, you know, that's what I have to contribute is that, you know, it's appreciating the moment. And so there was no earning. There'd be no earning. I mean, you could have earned it, but it's more not the earning. What you earn is the enjoyment of watching it. And yes, when it also pays off on the other end, it makes it that much better. Sure. But, you know, um, watching her grapple with these things would have that's the point it's not the, it's like if she's just changed on the dime but you had established it better and then you go oh all right well it does make sense it makes sense with the fucking parameters that's not the fucking point the point is the struggle the point is the new like wanting to see someone be again the wire you watch mcnulty and he's like this fucking drunk maniac but he's also like he's talented as a detective and he can't get his shit together and it's like it's like watching that is interesting you know and like 
it doesn't matter that like it's what's the payoff and what's the this. It's just like you know, I enjoy watching someone who isn't just one thing, and that's the point. Like, and she was never so you know, whatever. That's that. Um, yeah. Also, um, they could have redeemed it just by having Prince Harry just drop bombs in the city. Uh, you know, make it more realistic at least. Because uh, Prince, they should have incorporated Prince Harry and the biracial baby, and they should have made him. They should have cut forward. It should have been like a dissolve uh, of like the you know brand and like all everyone, and just dissolves to the current royal family with their beautiful biracial baby, and it just says seasons greetings and it's over. Um, that's the only change I would have made, I guess. Uh, let's get to let's just call out our, our wonderful patrons. Um, I'm gonna buy. I you know I I don't know. I'm not getting rich off this Patreon, at least not yet. <laughs> uh, but I have made not actually enough to buy a new microphone, but enough that I'll I'll kick in the rest. Uh, I'm gonna get better microphones. So see, it's not going to me and paying for my you know bugles, my fucking you know Doritos. I'm fucking. I'm gonna buy a nicer mic, and this little pockets will sound better. So uh, contribute now with that spirit. Uh, so and and thank. You can thank these wonderful patrons for making that possible. Diane Cage, Britt Poundtown, Michael Ricardo, Richard Hofstetter, Jason Duberville, Gary Barbera, Ryan LaRock, Keith Veronese, and Eric Frankel. And last but not least, Julian Assange. Julian, um, I didn't send you the ramen. I know I said I would. Uh, look, you, you contributed to me. It doesn't mean I have to help you. So I don't want this to be a thing like it's a quid pro quo. Like, you, know, you believed in Kump, and that's great. Um, I don't want to set, set a precedent like if you like donate to my Patreon, then like I'm gonna get you out of jail or like launch a campaign to get you out of jail. In this case, though, I do want to do something, but I don't, I don't like the idea that I'm, like, I'm expected to do something for Julian Assange. Um, but no, I will. I'll, 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 I'll get my. I just forgot. Uh, let's be honest. I forgot to send you the, the soup and the ramen. Um, so we'll figure something out. Um, for Julian because he did contribute to the show, so I want to help him out. Um, not sure what to do. I mean, he's getting extradited to Sweden or America. Who knows? It's a real mess. And the reality is, he, those charges might be true, and also trumped up to you know get him for the for the espionage shit or the, or the hacking shit. You know, whatever. Like again, just like Game of Thrones, just well, just like The Wire, it could be both things. You know, he could have done some shitty shit, and they use that against him. Like, it's just because it's convenient doesn't mean he didn't do it. Who knows? Uh, but they're, they're definitely pushing the issue. Well, let's not pretend like, you know, international, like, rapists tend to get internationally extradited in this fashion. But, uh, so, you know, of course, that's why, you know, it's happening, because, you know, he's, he's him. But, you know, if he did do it, though, it's like, then it's like, eh, well, it's still, he's still not a great guy. But, you know, you also want to, I don't know, he contributed to the show. I'm not gonna defend his whole moral backstory, but you know, I, I defend his, you know, his hacking and his leaking. You know, if it, it only affected the election, shut, grow up, all right? Look at what you think he was. No, I mean, if they use WikiLeaks, the guy's in the Ecuadorian embassy. We were riding a skateboard around, eating fucking hot pockets. I'm, you know, I'm not gonna fucking hold him accountable if he got a little used. You're gonna, you're gonna put him in jail for 20 years. Like, I mean, a lot of shit happens. Let's not pretend like that was the fucking linchpin. And also, like, what got leaked was real shit. So, like, if, if it hurt Hillary, it's like, you know, at the end of the day, it's, I'm, I get I get what you're saying, but at the end of the day, it's like, it's real shit, though. So, like, maybe just, you know, 
exist in the nuance a little more and stop being such a fucking tool about it. It's weird. We get it. All right. So, Julian, stay strong. We'll help you out. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Ray Comp. Go listen to Our Love is Disgusting, my podcast with Lucy Steiner. It's fantastic. She's hilarious. Uh, you can you know, to my Patreon if you want. You know, we get a new mic. Uh, maybe some sound effects even if we get enough patrons. We'll see. Uh, I'll make some other parallel content too. I don't know. I'm, I mean, I've been making beats. I'll show you. I'll give you access to my music that I make. I'm making music now. Whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. There's, all, there's enough comp to go around. Right. See you next week. <laughs>